Welcome to the Florence Crossroad podcast. We're thrilled to share with you an exciting message from our weekend service. If you would like more information about who we are as a church and how to get involved, feel free to visit florencecrossroadag.org. We hope you have an amazing experience and a great week. Here at Crossroad. Believer's benefits. Last week we talked about God's benefit of his forgiveness. He forgives all our iniquities. That's a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. How many of you are glad God has forgiven us of our sins? Amen? Oh, some of you are not sure. Well, hopefully before it's all finished, you'll, you'll get there. Uh, but, but truthfully, that's, that's where we, we began. He forgives our sins. He forgives our iniquities. We, we talked last week about transgressions, iniquity, sins. Sin is what it is. It's found in two categories, our iniquities, which are an internalization of our sins. Lust, an internalized thing, but it's sin, isn't it? The, and then the transgression, that's the activity, the action part of actively going and pursuing sin. Adultery would be the sin. Lust would be the internal Adultery would be the external. If you follow what I'm saying with that. And God forgives us of our iniquities. He forgives us of our transgressions. Thank God that he's done that. But, but with that, we come to the second part of that, who heals all of our diseases. Read with me, if you would, Psalms 103, verses 1 to 3. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, And forget not, don't forget all the benefits that he has given to you. Now listen to this. If forgiveness of sins is a benefit, healing of diseases is a benefit as well. Is it any more difficult for God to forgive me of my sin than it is for him to heal me of my diseases? No. Yet, for many of us, forgiveness of sins seems to be a very easy thing to accept, and we struggle in this area. Does that make sense? As we we look at this, I, I want you to hear my heart this morning. I believe he forgives all my sins. But sometimes I struggle with this part. How many of you be honest this morning? We struggle with that. But can I be honest with you? It's here. It's in the Word. This this book is real. Can can I be candid with you? When God laid it on the heart of the authors of these books that we know as the Bible, God knew exactly who we were, where we are, what age and what culture and where, where we would live. And He wrote it anyway. He didn't revise it for every contemporary statement. He didn't revise it for every culture. He didn't revise it for every circumstance. He simply wrote the word. The the word is not going to conform to us. We need to conform to the word. Hello? Is that that all right? And and so even though there's this challenge, there's maybe a little disconnect here, the reality is if he can forgive my sins... He can also heal my diseases. I want to talk to you this morning about that, and it's a tough subject. I'm going to ask three questions. Last service, I got through two and a half. (laughs) 
<laughs> but, but three questions, and, and it's, it's probably some of the tough... I want to ask some tough questions. We're going to talk about some tough things, and for the next four hours, we're going to discuss this. <laughs> well, maybe 20 minutes. Maybe. How many of you believe in faith? <laughs> All right. Yet if he heals all of my diseases, why? Dot, dot, dot. Why? You fill in the blanks. Why? If he heals all of my diseases, why is it that I'm going through what I'm going through? Why, why is my friends sick? Why are my kids sick? Why, why is my wife or my husband? Why? 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 You, you all understand that question? It, and it's a real question, isn't it? He heals all of my diseases. He heals all of my sick. But why am I sick? Why am I struggling? Why are my family struggling? Why are my kids struggling? God forbid, why, why did my friend die? Why did my parents, why did my husband, my wife, God forbid even, why did my children? If God heals all of my diseases, why? Those are big answers, big questions. They're real. And I want to I do my best this morning to give you a biblical understanding of the why. A biblical understanding of the how. And a biblical understanding of the what if. Because those are so powerful and so, so needed today. It's interesting to me that that God puts forgiveness of sins and healing of diseases together multiple times in both Old Testament and New Testament. It's almost as though they are conjoined twins. They're opposite ends of the banana. <laughs> Interesting concept there. This is a pattern, a pattern of forgiveness and healing. They're joined throughout Scripture. Isaiah 33 says it this way. And, and the inhabitant will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. This is speaking of Zion. This is speaking of people that come to a place, as Hebrews 12 talks about Zion, being that, that gathering in celebration of worship of the church of the firstborn, whose names are registered in heaven, rather in contradiction to that other mountain that is a mountain of shaking and trembling and harshness and judgment. And here in Isaiah, he's saying, those that come to know him, those that have come in faith to him, those that have come in the fellowship of the family of God, will say, I am, am, I, I am not sick. They will say, I dwell in his forgiveness, and he has forgiven all my iniquities. I love that. Healing, forgiveness. Isaiah 53, 5. We talked about this last week. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Interesting, isn't it? Transgressions. That's the external. He was wounded physically, externally for my, for my physical healing. And then it goes on and it says, and he was bruised. That's internal wounding for my iniquities. That's the inner area of my struggle. He was wounded externally and internally so that I could be whole completely. Hallelujah. And it goes on, it says, the chastisement for our peace was upon him. 
and by his stripes we are healed. Wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. Chastisement means punished. He, was, he took the punishment that I could have peace with God, and we are healed. What a powerful passage. But it doesn't stop there. If you go to the New Testament, 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself, who himself bore, say that word with me, bore. That means to take upon himself. He bore our sins. He bore my sins in his own body on a tree that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, who, by whose stripes we were healed. He bore my sins. He bore my sicknesses. Does that make sense? It's interesting because we, the, the, the term here for, for saved is, is it, or for healed, he healed who's, who, by whose stripes we were healed comes from the Greek word sotarios, which means to be completely whole, healed, body, soul, and spirit, body, soul, and spirit, my, my emotions, my intellect, my will, he wants me wholly healed, glory to God. Aren't you glad for that? You look so glad. <laughs> Think about this. God wants us whole. Praise the Lord. It says, by his stripes we're, we were made whole. We were made whole, completely whole. Not just physically, but emotionally, intellectually, spiritually. He wants wholeness in our lives. Did he, did he bear your sins? On the cross? Did he bear your sicknesses on the cross? Yes. You've got to understand this theologically before you can actually answer this question. Isaiah 53 says it this way. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. And to understand that, you've got to understand the Hebrew. The word for grief here in Hebrew is used 24 times in the Greek in, in the Old Testament. And out of those 24 times, only four times is that Hebrew word translated grief. 20 of the 24 times it's translated healed. Translated uh, excuse me, translated sickness. It's translated disease. It's translated for infirmities. I, I think that's interesting. Maybe it's just because I'm a word nerd. <laughs> I want you to look at the New Testament. Because we're going to see that same passage of Scripture, Isaiah 53, 4, quoted by Jesus... In Matthew chapter 8, it says, And when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities, now listen to the way it's translated, same passage, and bore our sicknesses. Isn't that interesting? He bore our sins on the cross and our sicknesses on the cross. Then why do we still get sick? Well, let's look at it. 
Forgiveness of sins heals our diseases, all similar in the thought. You have sin, you have sickness. But there's, there is a, 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 an aspect, there are three aspects that we need to understand in this. One is that there is a penalty for sin. There is a power of sin. And there is a presence of sin. And when Jesus came into this world, he came to bear the penalty of our sin. That's why we are not being punished for our own sin. He took our punishment. That's what the word says. He is a propitiation for our sins. He took upon himself the full blunt of all the sins of all mankind. He he bore our penalty. He also understands that there is power of sin, but he overcame the power of sin. I love this. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is power over power. You get that? But there's still this power. He overcame the power of sin, and he overcame the presence of sin. When I came to Jesus Christ and asked him to be my Savior, he, he, he took the penalty of my sin. I will not be punished for the penalties of my sin. Jesus took them for me. But I still live in a world where there's presence of sin and where there's the power of sin. And on occasion, I find my, well, you know, you do, I don't. No, that's not true. But we all find ourselves somewhere, sometime, falling under the power of sin. Now, thank God, he's also given us overcoming power. How many of you, have, by the grace of God, you've overcome some kind of debilitating habit or, 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 or stronghold or, or condition in your life? How many, how, many of you, how many of you were saved from drugs and alcohol and, and all of that stuff? How many, how, come on, raise your hands. There's a few of us sinners in here. Amen. <laughs> Saved by grace. Amen. But let me tell you another story. You know, my wife has a great testimony. God saved her from alcohol and from drugs and from prostitution and adultery. And he saved her. He saved her from all of that because she got saved as a kid and God redeemed her and she's never been there. He saved her from it. Hallelujah. Amen. She's got a better testimony than I do. Amen. The point of what I'm trying to say is that God, God took on all of our sins. He took on all of that penalty. He took on all of the power that tries to beset us. He took on all the presence that's still prevalent in our world. We live in an evil world. I heard the story of a, of a couple that bought a house. And before they could move in, they had signed all of the, some vandals came in, broke out all of the windows, destroyed the interior of that home, wrote on all of the walls and took concrete, took bags of cement and put it down every drain. That's evil. That's pure evil. We live in an evil world. All you got to do is watch the news. Hello? We live in an evil, perverted world. And Jesus Christ in the midst of all of that, comes to the believer to give them power over the penalty of sin, over the power of sin, and over the presence of sin. That's this side. But this side is equal. 
Why do I find sickness in this world? Because there is, there is a penalty. Sickness is, is the ancillary dynamic of the fall of mankind. It's part of the curse that happened when, when Adam and Eve failed. And when they, some of you may not be able to see that. But when Adam and Eve failed, when, when sin came into this world, the curses of this world were there as well. And sickness became a part of that. It's part of the Adamic curse that, that has happened to mankind. So the penalty here is sickness is real. And there is power in sickness. And there is the presence of sickness. Every Thursday morning, there's, there's a number of men that will gather here, and, and we have prayer, and it's amazing how many times, I don't know of a, of a Thursday morning when prayer hasn't been asked, that somebody has cancer, or somebody has had a stroke, or there's a heart issue, or some horrible disease. How many of you know what I'm saying? It's cancer, sickness, sin, it's there, it's, it's throughout our world. And just because we're believers in Jesus does not exempt us from sickness. Because we live in a world where it's present. I buried as many people with cancer that knew Jesus as, 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 as people that were as ungodly as could possibly be of cancer. The Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. In other words, nobody escapes it. We're living in a real world with real conditions and with real penalties. But if Jesus can forgive me of the penalty and the power and the presence of sin, he can also heal me of the penalty and the power and the presence of sickness. You've got to hear this. There's good preaching this morning. He bore all of that. He took that. He took that on himself. I, w I want you to hear this really, really clear. If you don't get anything out else out of this, I want you to cap capture this. Jesus will never punish you for your sins once asked forgiveness for. When you respond to Jesus Christ, he will never punish you for your sins because he took those sins. He endured them on the cross. And if you're sick, it's not God punishing you. It's the result of the enemy of your soul afflicting you. God does not use sickness to punish us. He afflicted Jesus with our sins and with our sicknesses. Please capture that. I'll never forget back in 1985 when, when the AIDS epidemic became a, a very uh, noted thing in our, in our world. And I remember a, an individual writing an article in one of the papers and, and he was castigating anybody that was uh, part of the homosexual community and this was God's curse on homosexuality. Made me so mad. Because I had just buried a six-year-old little boy who was a hemophiliac who died because he had contracted AIDS because of tainted blood. And you're telling me that AIDS was God's curse on a six-year-old child? Don't go there. We live in a, a sin-filled world. 
can, can I be candid with you? There are no degrees in sin. Sin is sin. If you steal one penny or one million dollars, you're a thief. Y'all understand that? There is no quantifying sin. There's no quantifying all of this stuff. And God forgave. He forgave. He put it upon Jesus. Hallelujah. Exodus says it so well. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. How? How do we receive healing? Let me ask you this. How did you receive forgiveness? For by grace... You have been saved through faith, Ephesians tells us. Don't ever get those backwards. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourself. There are pompous and arrogant people that walk around that have this boisterous attitude about how much faith they have. Grab your wallet and run. My faith, my faith. You don't have enough faith to blow the fuzz off a peach. (laughs) The only faith we have is what's been bequested to us by God himself. The faith that I have comes from him, and that faith in itself has only given to me the authority to call out to God for his grace. It's his grace that saves me. It's not my faith. It's His grace. Yes, I access His grace by faith, but it's His grace that saves me. I'm saved because of the grace of Jesus Christ. He forgave me of my sins, and the penalty of it was placed upon Him. That's grace. Wow. The same is true of healing. I'm not saved and I'm not healed because of my great faith. I'm saved and healed because of the grace of God. It's a gift. My phone keeps asking me if I've fallen. (laughs) Maybe it's telling me something. I don't know. There are two extremes in this, and I, I, I want to I just press forward with this. There are two, two extremes that we've got to be careful for. In salvation, one is works and performance that I do and do and do and I don't and I don't and I don't. I'm not saved by what I do or what I don't. I'm saved by the fact that I access Jesus Christ by faith and His grace has saved me. Y'all got that? But then there's the other side of that, that I've got to keep on believing. And if ever there's a moment of doubt, then there's a problem. I've got to get saved again. Wait a second. Wait a second. How many of you love Jesus? How many of you have ever woken up in the morning and you didn't feel so good and you weren't sure you were saved? 
You don't go by feelings. You don't go by your emotions. That's a wishy-washy attitude that, that everything has to equate how I feel or how that affects me or how I'm emotionally driven by that. No, 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 no. The grace of God exceeds my emotion. The grace of God is bigger than how I feel. Just as that's true in that aspect, healing is the same. Some people believe that the days of healing are past. There's, there's a theological term for it. They, they call it secessionistic theology, where, where somehow God changed his other mind, and that when the apostles died, no longer were the miracles, no longer were, were the manifestations of God, no longer were these wonderful things that we see in the Bible. It's all past tense. My question is, if that's past tense, so is salvation. I am the Lord God, and I change not. As John told, was told by the angel in the book of Revelation, by Jesus, actually, in the book of Revelation, I was, I am, and I will be. I, I, I am the one that has been. I am the one that is now, and I'm the one that's to come. I haven't changed. Hallelujah. And if that be the case, then where has healing ceased? It hasn't. I, I shared several months, maybe a couple years ago, a message on healing, how God heals us three ways. One, he created this body that it itself heals. If it didn't, you would have died at birth because the, the umbilical would never have stopped bleeding once it was cut. The body is, has in, an, a capacity internally that will heal itself. The mechanisms, the blood cells, the white Blood cells, the red blood cells, the platelets, all of these things work together. The, the immune system, all that God has created, is a marvelous. No wonder David said we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God created us and created our bodies to create healing within us. Secondly, he put into the minds of, of people how to bring out of the world, out of, out of plants and out of things around us, Chemicals, or not chemicals, but, but treatments to, 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 to bring healing, to expedite healing in our bodies. Physicians, surgeons, medicine, I, I don't have any problem with any of that. Because I believe it's God that placed it upon the heart and in the minds of people to give to us the brilliance and the wisdom as to use these things for our betterment. But there's a third, and that's the miraculous. And we want to think of healing in the terms of the third. God has given us healing in the natural. He's given us healing with the wisdom of, that God has given to people. And he does do the miraculous. You don't do the miraculous. He does the miraculous. I've shared this story before. I, I, I have one miracle that I saw with my own eyes. Sherry was there, saw it too. And it, it was one of the most phenomenal things. And I can tell you it had nothing to do with this mighty bastion of faith standing before you. <laughs> we were doing a good news crusade and helping start a church in, just outside of Montego Bay in, in Jamaica, and a place called Green Pond. I never did see that Green Pond. <laughs> but we, we had this tent, and there were hundreds of people came in. And I remember as the, at, at the beginning of the service, there was a, a lady that came in, and she's being escorted in. She couldn't see. There was hundreds of people there. I lost her in the crowd, and, 
at the end of the service gave an invitation. Numbers of people came to, to receive Jesus. And after that, we gave an invitation to pray for those that needed healing. Because I believe that God tells us to pray for the sick. How many of you think that we can just scratch that off and we don't do those? No. So we prayed for the... She came down. She came down. Would you know she came right to the mighty man of God? <laughs> and she said, Sir, I would have you lay hands on my eyes and pray for me. I looked at her eyes. And forgive me, but they were the nastiest looking, pussy looking, ugly things covering these. It was, oh, it was horrible. And I didn't want to put my hands on that. But she asked. I prayed. But it was an obligatorial prayer. I didn't have any faith for that. I didn't want to put my hands on those ugly looking eyes. I finished praying and I took my hands away and to my absolute surprise, there was nothing on her eyes. And my first response was, <laughs> I just knew that stuff had fallen off on my hands and there was nothing there. I can't explain it. I don't have words to, to describe it. It was, it was a phenomenal moment. And then I asked her the most brilliant question. Can you see? <laughs> oh, such great faith. And she says, yes, sir, but not real clear. <clears throat> well, now my faith kicks in. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> I finished praying. I said, can you see now? And she says, you have the most lovely blue eyes. What a miracle. I had nothing to do with it. It was a miracle. Now, some people would go out and get banners and postcards, and they'd get handbills and come and watch the mighty man of God pray for the sick. Don't ever extort the glory of God. I watched a miracle happen, and a little later in that service, a young lady comes up to me, and she says, Pastor, my brother, him wants to get saved. I said, where's your brother? Brought him down to me. His name was Neville. I said, Neville, I didn't see you here. Where were you? He says, I was at home sitting on my porch. I mean, we, we had these speakers that would blow dust off of mountains. I mean, it was going up the valleys, up these little places. He was sitting on his porch and he says, I said, well, what drew you here? He says, that woman whose eyes were healed is my neighbor and I know she does not lie and if God could heal her, he's the God I want to serve. You hear this, church. When God does a miracle, he doesn't do a miracle to show off. He doesn't do a miracle just to do a miracle. The miracle is always to draw people's attention to the Savior. Always, always to the Savior. Never to the vessel, never to the individual, always to the Savior. Hallelujah. Let me quickly get through this. Do you remember the story 
Four men came in with a guy on a cot. They couldn't get into the house where Jesus was in Luke. It's a good story. In the book of Luke, it's chapter, four, chapter 5. Great guys. They came in. They couldn't get to where Jesus was. He was in this house, a house. And so they climbed up on the roof, tore off the guy's roof. That's vandalism for the glory of God. They hoist this guy up there and they let him down, right? I just think this is the coolest story. I want to see the videotape when I get to heaven. And they lower this guy right in the presence of Jesus. And Jesus makes a declaration, son, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the religious, pompous people said, whoa, who who but God can forgive sins? Listen to what Jesus said. Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or rise, take up your bed, and walk. (laughs) But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he did. Which is easier, for God to forgive us of our sins or heal us of our diseases? They're equal. They're equal. He can do either one. I'm healthy. I'm out of shape, but I'm healthy. Part of the reason for this message is that I've gone through in the last several months some health issues. I'm okay. I went through all these tests and they told me I'm going to live. I'm not sure if that's good or bad. I'm just telling you what they've told me. It's not life-threatening. It's just life-altering to some degree. I'm not going to go into the morbid details. I don't want to tell you that. I'd have to show you scars and you don't want to see that. The point of what I'm trying to say is that, is that looking at that, God, I believe your word. But what hit me is this. Yeah, there are challenges, but I'm healthy. I'm alive. I'm standing upright. I'm able to eat. Believe me, I am able to eat. There was a day in my life where I couldn't gain weight, and then God healed me. <laughs> Some of you had the same healing. <laughs> this week, I went down to see my mom. Mom is going to be 90 years old, just a few, few days, few weeks. 90 years old. She's, she's got more problems you can shake a stick at. She eats more pills in a day. She doesn't need to eat food. She's full of pills. Glaucoma, impaired vision, congestive heart failure, diabetes, osteoarthritic stenosis of the spine. She's got it, you name it. She's confined to a little, little room at this point in her life. I never heard her complain. Never heard her say, oh, poor me. No, she loves Jesus. She's happy. She 
got a new audience every day she can talk to. <laughs> he bore her sicknesses. She's overcome the power of those sicknesses, even though she's struggled with some of them. She lives in the presence of it, but she doesn't give in to it. Do you all understand what I'm trying to tell you this morning? Thank God you're breathing. Seriously, thank God you have a pulse. Thank God that you have the capacity and the mental capacity to get up and to do whatever you do. Thank God for the life that you have been given to live. Thank God for the influence that you can have on other people. Thank the Lord for the life, for the life that he's given to you. L'chaim. To life. For he's given us life. Life isn't always easy. Some of us have prodigals in our homes. Some of us live with dis-ease. Some of us have struggled in losing a family member, a husband, a wife, a child. Maybe some women have very had difficult time even bearing children. Maybe some have never been able to. Some of us some of us might have family members that have known him but have walked away. I am the Lord God that heals you. That concept of healing is completeness and wholeness, body, soul, and spirit. Would you stand with me this morning? What if, what if he doesn't heal? What if he doesn't take it away? I'm going to serve him no matter what. Listen to the word. Paul declared it. Christ will be glorified in my body, whether by life or by death. No matter what. No matter what. No matter what. I'm going to serve him. I wish I could show you a picture of my little mama. We got to her place, and caregiver told me, says, she'd been doing her hair and putting her makeup on since noon. She looked so pretty. Yet I know she can't see very well. And I know she has limited capacity and strength. 
Ah, but she loves her baby boy. She loves Jesus. And she loves people. I want to be like that when I grow up. No matter what. No matter what. How many of you have prodigals in your home? How many of you know somebody that's going through a debilitating circumstance? How many of you are going through a sickness or, or a struggle? How many of you have a friend going through something? Let me see your hands. Come up all over this room, all over this room. Hold them up there. Jesus, you see every heart and every high life. You see every family and every struggle. You know them, Father. You know them. And it's by the grace of God that we have this great privilege of salvation. Jesus, would you... Would you bring the prodigals home? Would you bring wholeness into families? Would you bring healing into the wounded heart and the soul of lives that struggle because of losses? Would you bring, would you bring peace and mental stability back where there's instability and hurt? Would you bring your grace to bring healing to wounded lives? Bring them into wholeness who forgives all of our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. Lord, we grasp that this morning and it's so hard to comprehend it all, but Lord, we know it's your word and we know that, Lord, it's your grace that gives to us the life and the breath that we live even now. And Father, there are, there are people in this room perhaps today that Today is a day of coming back to you in relationship. I pray your blessing over them that you will bring peace and comfort and healing and mercy into their life as we confess you, as we confess our need for you. Now, church, I want everybody to pray a simple prayer with me. Make it your prayer. I, I'll form the words, but make it your prayer. Pray it with me. Father, I need you. I'm not ashamed to declare that. I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. I need your healing of my body, of my spirit, of my soul, of my intellect, of my will, and my emotions. I need your healing in every aspect of my life. I want to be whole the way you desire me to be whole. I ask it for your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, I confess him as Savior, as my Lord, as my healer, and my soon coming King. I am your child, and you are my God, and I am not ashamed to declare it so. For I ask it in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody can say amen. amen. The Lord bless you. Give the Lord a hand this morning, would you? Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Amen. I want to invite those of you that are new to the church to join us. Uh, right out here we have a sign-up at 1230, and that's 15 minutes. And we're going to be at, we're going to be at Abby's. All right, I think we've already figured that out, and uh, we invite you to join us, and uh, pizza's on us, 
Lunch is on us. We're going to have a great time together. Next Sunday, we've got a big announcement. We're going to be talking about that. In the meantime, I want you to lift your hands for the blessing as we ask God's favor. Father, I speak your blessing over your people, that you will bless them, that you will keep them, that you will go before them, be gracious to them, guide them, guard them, protect them. Bring wholeness as your blessing into their life. Bless them as they go and as they come. I pray your blessing over them in every possible way in their life. Grant them an incredible week for your glory. And Lord, we'll give you praise for all that you're doing in our lives together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day in Jesus' name.